Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. I want to start just by telling you how excited I am seriously about this day and about the third part of our repeat joy. It's a little bit different than the first two. And the next two will continue to be maybe a little bit more Christmassy. We're going to do some Christmas story parts, but... Before I even do this, I just want to tell you next Saturday, which is this coming Saturday, so don't worry about what I'm saying. This coming Saturday, we have pancakes with Santa Claus. Pancakes and pictures with Santa Claus. Praise the Lord. That's all I'm telling y'all. But it's going to be really fun, and it's an opportunity for us to love on our community, and we would love for you guys to be here. And then the Saturday after that is going to be Christmas Eve. Now, let me just tell you that. If you can't get someone to come to church with you normally, they'll come on Christmas Eve. I don't even know why. You know what I mean? Like, I, Why is that even? I, I'm, I'm going to get off because y'all know I got a little ADD. I don't even understand it, but it don't matter, right? If we can get them here, praise the Lord. And I got something I'm telling you, woo. Y'all just wait. I'm not going to preach it today, but it's going to be crazy. And then I just want to remind you that we're going to give our legacy offering that day, but you can do it at any time before that. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time telling you details today, but I just want you to know that we're going to sow into our community and we're going to sow money, which means we're going to give to our community and around the world. And we just believe that by doing that, we get to be the church. Does anybody agree with me in here? We get to be the church and get to do that. Come on. And that's our Christmas present. Uh, to the Lord, and we do it through this house, and so we love it, and we're excited. Uh, but today, I want to do the third part. So if you haven't been here for the first two, it's all good. You're not going to miss uh, anything, but you might want to go back because um, I've enjoyed preaching, and I don't know if y'all have enjoyed receiving it. But this is what joy is. It's the awareness of God's goodness and grace. So when we sing, joy to the world, right? Yep. Nobody? Golly, I thought it was good. Thank you, Leah. Leah liked it. That's why I sing to you. But rejoicing is to delight in God's goodness and grace constantly and exceedingly and over and over and over. So this is what came to my mind. Because some of y'all had bad church experiences growing up. And you don't have to shout out to me right now if that was you. But some of y'all had that. And some of y'all have not experienced joy at all this Christmas season. As a matter of fact, Christmas is the worst. Like you just think... Can we get through and get to January so I can just get done, right? And it feels like this. Y'all ever been in a room with people where you're hanging out and you got like 10, 15 people and they're all sort of friends or you're at a party or whatever and there's an inside joke that takes place. But you're on the outside of the inside joke, right? And so when the joke gets told, you feel really awkward, 
And so what do you do when you don't know the inside joke, but everybody, it seems like, is laughing around. He's like, <laughs> that was so funny. I have no idea what they're talking about right now. But that was so funny. And then, like we try to make ourselves, and then we'll even say something about the something that we don't know nothing about to try to make sure that people think that we know what they're talking about. Is anybody with me in here today? <laughs> it's crazy. Like what I think about is church when I was growing up. And the pastor would tell a joke for old people. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. And you're a little kid, you got no idea what they're talking about. So instead of not laughing, you laugh louder. <laughs> and they're like, what is this dude laughing about? We know he don't get it. Like that to me, that's what it feels like to talk about joy this time of year. That's what it feels like to talk about joy this time of year. And that's really what it feels like to be around people that are full of joy and know that you're not and know that you should be and know that it's bad and something's wrong with me. And I'm just telling you all today, it's not something that's wrong with you. It's something that's missing. And a lot of times it's what, it's where our awareness is and where our awareness is not. And today the message is the awareness of God's pursuit. Because I think we think a lot of people just have it together, right? Can I just tell y'all something? If y'all need a pastor that always has it together... You're barking up the wrong tree with this cat. Are y'all with me? Because sometimes it, I, my mind is just a million different places and I don't have it all together. Let me say not sometimes. Most of the time. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes the joke's on me, right? How do those dudes and how do those people and how does everybody seem like they got it all together? And I'm just crazy. How does it feel like my circumstances aren't lining up with how I'm supposed to feel? Because joy is not a feeling. Joy is not just emotion. Joy is my awareness of God's goodness and my, God's grace in my life constantly and exceedingly. And it makes a sound because I can't stay silent because I remember how good he is and I got to let it go. And there's something about knowing that I was pursued by God before I ever thought about him. That changes my mindset. It changes my thinking. It, I, I love how much God first loved me and that I don't have to earn my way, that it was nothing that I did, that it was everything about him. And so... The thing that I want you to think about today is how God's loved you your entire life and before you were born that he created you and had you in mind way before your parents got pregnant and that he loves you so much and he desired your entire life. And for some of you, it's today, an encounter with you. So let me ask you a question. Have y'all ever had an encounter with someone that you really wanted to meet? Show me your hand. You've really wanted to meet this person. There's no one in this room that's ever met someone that you were dreaming about meeting and you thought would be really cool. So I got a picture for y'all. And this was, this was the case for the guy in this picture. He got to meet this guy, everybody. It was a great thing for him. Some of y'all don't know who this is. This is Dwight Howard. He's currently playing for the Hawks. He was a great, he was the best center in the NBA for a long time. Still could be. Uh, there's some haters in the world that don't like him. But a couple years ago, a couple years ago, we got to sit on the front row. I knew we had front row seats for the Hornets. And that's same. I didn't even pray, praise the Lord. But I didn't even know <laughs> this guy right here. Anyway, <laughs> two, two nice men, two good basketball players. I just can't help but think about it. Me and Dwight. People, let me tell you about my best friend. All right, so... So a couple years ago, we got to sit on the front row of the Hornets. 
And I knew we were going to be on the front row. I did not know that we were going to be on the front row on the bench of the Rockets. So listen, there was a gap. I'm not kidding. There was a gap this big. Rockets bench, Rockets bench, Rockets bench, gap this big, and me. And so I don't really geek out with people. I don't. I, I mean, I, I will, if I was standing in front of our president today, I would be a little bit nervous because of the office. But I could talk to him. I could respect him. I, whoever. But I was a little bit geeking out, if I can be honest with y'all, because every time out, I was just leaning in like I was in. Because I coached basketball for nine years. Y'all, it was just a big deal for me. I don't care if it is for y'all. Y'all come with my story. And so, so I'm sitting there, and I'm watching. And then Dwight, who is injured at the time, sits down right here. And I'm just looking going, that's Dwight Howard. He's talking to me. And so this wasn't like I got to meet him and take a picture with him moment. This was two and a half hours for real. If it wasn't for time else, you can ask my family who was with me. We talked, like conversation. We talked about everything. We talked about Jesus. We talked about his past. We talked about haters. We talked about all these things. And it was a great moment. It exceeded my expectations by a bunch. But this is what I need y'all to know. If I walk up to this cat today, hey, man, that's my boy. You remember when we were here? He'd be like, who you talking to? And get the security. Security. <laughs> right? Because, because we, listen, this is big. We had one, one time. And it was great. It was a great experience for me. I have memories. I'm sharing it with you. But I feel like that's what most of us have done with Jesus is, is we think that that one encounter, that one thing is what it's all supposed to be about. And I need you to know that that's never been it. That God didn't just want you to have one encounter at one church service when you were a little kid at vacation Bible school. He wants you to have a love relationship with him. And that one encounter is the beginning. And that's the problem, everybody, is we think that this is the end and this was actually the beginning. That God is planning all these things out so that you can have a love relationship with him. And that my thing with Dwight was cool and we got to hang out and I got to meet every Houston Rocket. And I got to give pound to all of them, and it was a great experience. But that's a one-time experience that God does, not, God does not want for you. He's been chasing you and pursuing you to have a love relationship with you every day. This is why I think we lack joy, y'all. Because we want a Dwight Howard experience, but we don't want a Lord. And it changes everything. When I realize that there's a God who loves me, who created everything, and who is chasing me. And loves me. And has designs on my life. Bringing glory and honor to him in everything. So. In the next couple minutes in Luke chapter 1. And that's where I want you to turn. I just want to take you through a little story. And in Luke 1 we have the story of Mary. Being told that she's going to have Jesus. And, and that's going to be the in between part. That I'm not going to read. But I need you to know as we read this. That God has his eye on you. Not just your neighbor, not just the person that you think is cool, but he has his eye on you. So if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn. And I want you to know that this whole message and this whole design and the whole series is really wrapped up in this thought that God pursued me way before I ever thought about him. So look at this in Luke chapter 1 verse 13. It says, the angel of the Lord said to him, do not be afraid. Now I just need y'all to know this has nothing to do with the message, but I need to say it anyway. There's a reason that every time we see an angel encounter in the Bible, it says, do not be afraid. Because an angel is not, it's a wonderful life getting their wings, everybody. That's not what it's really like. So, Davin, I hate to destroy your heart, but that's not what it's really like. Because that's his favorite movie. Y'all don't be embarrassed with him. But anyway, 
An angel was, is a warrior, and it's crazy, and it would, it, it would scare us so bad. So the reason that you always see that, the reason with the shepherds, the reason with Mary, the reason with all of these different people that we see this is because it would not be an experience that you would want. Now, it would be cool to be able to say, me and an angel had a face-to-face encounter. But you might pee your pants along the way. Come on, somebody. Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. They have prayed for years and years for a son. They had gotten old. They felt forgotten. Like many of you came in here feeling today, they felt forgotten. And your wife, Elizabeth, shall bear a son, and you shall call his name John. Now, there was significance to that name. It wasn't just a name that you threw out that you just would call somebody. Because it means the Lord has been gracious. And it's a reminder constantly of joy. The name John was putting off joy. Why? Because he was a forebearer, which means he went before His entire life's purpose was to prepare the way for Jesus. Not to be awesome, not to be great, but just blaze the trail and prepare the way. And it was to show joy. What is joy? Remembering how good God is in all circumstances. He got beheaded in his life, but he never forgot that his job and his purpose was to bring glory to God. Now that's pretty crazy. Verse 14 says, and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now this is important, even from his, even from his mother's womb. He will be filled from the whole, with the Holy Spirit even while he's in his mama's womb, in Elizabeth's womb. Very important in our story. I need you to know that God's pursuit of you began way before you were born way before you were born. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible, if you ever want to read a chapter to just lift your spirits, I love Psalm 139, y'all. Psalm 139, verse 5, that he goes before me and behind me and his hand is on my head. I love that chapter so much. But these couple verses, y'all, just kind of show you and what God thinks of you. And that it's not just a Dwight and Mark experience. But it's a much deeper love relationship that God is looking for with you. There are dates that happen and moments that happen to set up a love relationship for the rest of your life. And Psalm 139, 13, and some of y'all, if you grew up in church, you've heard this, but just let it sink in today that he's talking about you here. Put your name in the blank. For you, whatever your name is, God formed me, my inward parts, you knitted Mark together in my mama's womb. And I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it well. I was knitted together, sewn together in my mother's womb, and he knew every part of me and you. There's not anything about you that God doesn't know. And even though he cannot look at sin, and even though there's things in our past that we're ashamed of, I need you to know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he loves you that much, and he calls you by name, and he wants so deeply to have that love relationship with you. God did not send Jesus just to die so we'd get heaven, but so that we'd have life in his name today, here and now, and that joy would come out of us and our joy would be in the Lord. Come on, somebody. But I really believe that the thing that we miss is that God is chasing us and that God loves us and he has his eye on us. I think of that old song that I grew up with, his eye is on the sparrow, so I know he's watching me. I almost sang it for y'all, but I could tell some of y'all were cringing, so I held out. Is that? Now back to 
Luke chapter 1, it says, In those days Mary arose. Now, th- just remember this. If you've ever been in church before, you know the story of Mary having Jesus. But just in case somebody doesn't, an angel of the Lord has come to Mary. said, you're going to get pregnant. I just want you to put yourself in her shoes for a second. As a 15-year-old girl, you don't know where to turn because something has happened to you that should not happen to you as a virgin. Like We pass this story because it's Christmas, right? And we sing songs like, Mary, did you know? (sighs) Anyway, don't even get me started because the angel came, so of course she did. But anyway, we're going to move on. I love that song. That's so mean, Pastor. Why would you tell a joke like that? It just hurts. Moving on. But like you knew, you know she felt isolated. You know she felt like she was forgotten because all of her friends were talking about her. The people that were supposed to be close to her no longer loved her. And Elizabeth being old, too far gone to have a child, had to feel the same way. So this encounter is so amazing. And I need you to know that encounters in your life that you think are ridiculous and that you haven't wanted, the things that have happened to you recently that you haven't wanted, God is setting something up. The things that you wish that you could take away, God is setting something up. I'm not saying it's fun, and I'm not saying it's even your version of good because it's certainly not, but God is setting something up. He's setting up encounters and dates and times for you to experience his love and his goodness. And were it not for those things that you would take away and not wish on your enemy, you would never experience the fullness of his love and mercy. But we want to tell God how it's going to be, don't we? Come on. I'm not the only one. We want to tell God, God, it needs to be this way or I can't really trust you anymore. And in this case, I can just imagine as Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country and to a town in Judah to meet Elizabeth, that Elizabeth was the only person in her life that could understand what she's going through. You know what our problem is sometimes? This is a side note. But I just need to say this for somebody today. Our problem is that we want to tell the world our problems, so we put it on social media when there's only probably one person that we need to share some things with. That's free, and that's a side note. But in this case, these two would have understood each other because they were isolated and no one understood why is that girl pregnant and why is that woman pregnant and why are they getting together. But it's because God had set it up. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, remember in verse 16 it says that that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. It says when Elizabeth heard the greeting from Mary, the baby inside of Elizabeth leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit herself. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Like, Like what's going on here because... Most theologians believe that John the Baptist had been very still in Elizabeth's womb or had not moved at all, that there was very little movement up until this point, six months into the pregnancy. And ladies, if you've been pregnant before, I have not, just to let y'all know, but, but I've watched. I've watched two pregnancies take place, and I've watched. And like the craziest thing, when your wife is pregnant and you're laying in bed and she's got her shirt up and you just get to watch and talk to your baby and stuff. The craziest things when you say a hand and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like alien taking place, somebody. It freaks me out a little bit. And I say, but, there's, but you just stop and think. I would look at Leah sometimes when Haston was in her belly and when Lainey was in her belly. And I would just be singing and talking to them. And then I would look at her and say, there's a person. <laughs> Inside your belly. 
<laughs> ah! It's a little scary. It's crazy, right? And inside of there, when Haston and Laney were in there, and I'd see a hand, and I'd see movement taking place, God knew their innermost parts. And God had began his pursuit of my children that day, and those days, and way before that, actually. But I love in this story when, those, when the movement happened in her, she recognized, and I need you to get this, she recognized the difference between he's just rolling over and he heard a sound that was a little bit different that must be the presence of God. And I think what most of us have missed is we hope we can get this, this experience where I feel emotion and maybe it can change my circumstances. But what if God is waiting on you to hear his voice so you can change the circumstances of the world around you by your faith and by your joy? What if we've missed the whole point that God made you to be his salt and made you to be his light and he's waiting on you to listen to him and waiting on you to understand that you're the light of the world and the city set on a hill can't be hidden, that he's placed his spirit inside of you through salvation so that you can show joy and that your joy may be complete because your joy is in the Lord. That no matter where you've been or no matter what you've done, that's not the end of the story. That's just one of the pages on your story. That God is setting all of this up for you so that he receives glory through you. I'm never the point, y'all, but I need you to know that God made me on purpose and God made you on purpose to bring glory and honor to his name, not to bring glory and honor to Mark's name. And that even when I was in my mama's womb, he was calling me. And even in this case, because I, I just would have loved to have been there in this moment to see an encounter that takes place. This is an encounter similar to what some of you will experience today when for the first time you actually hear because they, they would have heard so many voices and so many things and so many people telling them what they can't be but for the first time the voice of the Lord was coming out through Mary because inside of her she was housing the God-man, Jesus Christ. And, and when, when Elizabeth heard this, inside of her, something left. I need you to know that inside of you today, something's going to leap. If you hear the word of the Lord and he starts drawing you in, it is not my words that changes you, but it's the Lord's words that are changing you and that changes and shifts something inside of you. It's not just emotion, but sometimes it feels emotional. But I need you to know that inside of each one of us, he's pulling on us. And your head may say, whoa, 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 this is all craziness. But inside of you, something's leaping and something's shifting around. What is that? This is crazy. It's the Lord. And that's what he does. And then this is Elizabeth's words, and I love this. And why is this granted to me that my mother, excuse me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? I just thought of this when I read this verse. So many times we have trouble remembering God's grace because of our stuff in our lives. And all of us have been through it, even this week. And we can recall and you can spit off and shout out the stuff that you're struggling with. But that's a verse that we should recall. Who am I that the Lord Jesus should call on me? Who am I that in spite of all my stuff, in spite of my ridiculous mess-ups, in spite of everything that I've been through, that you, Lord, would call on me, that would come to me, that would pursue me? Why? I don't deserve this, Lord. Why, why in the world would you love me first? Who am I? that the Lord would pursue me. For behold, when the sound of your greeting 
came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for, what's that word? Joy. We should do a series on that. It would be good. Praise the Lord. Leapt for joy. Not leapt for happiness. Not leapt just in excitement. Not leapt just in an emotion that is a spiritual high that we hope we can get what we want to get and do what we want to do. But leapt in the understanding in her heart that God was there with them. And I think that's what all of us miss is it feels like there's a joke in the room that I'm not getting. It feels like everybody that's truly worshiping in spirit and in truth must just be going off an emotion and trying to get to a, to a peak, a pinnacle point where if they just keep worshiping, maybe it'll get there. But I need you to know what this says here. When the sound of your greeting came to my ears, when the sound, when the sound, there's always, always, always a sound that comes out of joy. And the reason that we worship even when we don't feel like it, isn't so that we talk God into believing that we're good enough because that will never happen because we never will be, but by the grace of God. But it's because that he chased me first and loved me first that I just want him to get all the glory back. So I let out a sound, everybody, that is a little bit different. And when I'm driving in the car and I'm just screaming worship songs and people are looking at me like, dude, has lost his mind. I said, no, I got a little Jesus. Come on now. And I just want people to know that I don't care and I don't have to talk you into it. And if you think I'm a little crazy, you probably just need to join the party. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I want to make a sound in this earth that is a little bit different because I know that I was chased when I shouldn't have been chased and the, and the joy of the Lord is my strength, my goodness. And here's what I'm here to tell you is you don't have to talk the world into it because it's not your job to do that. You just have to be faithful and make a sound that comes from joy, not comes from you trying to talk yourself into it. We don't fake it till we make it and it's not, it's not the inside joke that we've missed. Some of us have missed it, but I promise you, it's not an inside joke. Do you know how I know it's not an inside joke? Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. The next verse is how I know. Because God didn't come to condemn the world, but that through him you might be saved. And you might have life in his name. And you might be the righteousness of God and be called a child, a son or daughter of the king. I know this, that not everybody will be saved, and that many, many, many people will die without Jesus. But I know that Jesus did not come on purpose to die and take on sin, death, and the grave, to rise up again on the third day so that you wouldn't have a right and have the opportunity to hear the sound of his name and come to him knowing that you were chased way before you ever thought about him. That your goodness is filthy rags in the sight of God, but that your name can be changed to his name, the name above all names when you receive him. And it changes everything because it's not what I do, but it's who he is that changes me. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to you, to her, excuse me, from the Lord. And let me just say this, blessed are you who believes the fulfillment of what is spoken to you from the Lord. None of you, <laughs> none of you, this is, might be earth-shattering news to y'all, none of y'all are going to be the mother of Jesus. But all of you can house the spirit of Jesus inside of you. Like, that's a big deal, y'all. That's a big deal. But I think maybe... For some of you today, what's an even bigger deal is to know that you're being chased.
that God loves you and that he's calling you. I want you to know this if you don't walk away with anything else. That since joy is from awareness of God's goodness, maybe start with this awareness of God's pursuit. Awareness of God's pursuit of you. Fill in the blank. Whoever you are, put your name there. Shifts my focus from I hope so to I know so. And then joy becomes who I am. It becomes my reality. It changes everything. I want to close with three verses, but it's going to be in the message. Sometimes I love to just read the message. If you ever, if you ever want to read the Bible and just have something different, I use the Bible app on my phone, my iPad, whichever, and it's called Version. And sometimes I'll just switch it over to the message because I love how it's worded. And when I read Ephesians chapter 1 in the message, I just, I ran a lap in here, y'all. I mean, it just really touched me and it talked to me. And I just, I'm just believing that it's going to talk to you today. And I want you to see it starting in verse 12. It says, long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, can I read that again? Long before you ever heard about him and you got your hopes up in his name, he had his eye on you. He had his eye on me. He had his eye on us. Had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out everything in everyone. Not me. Not something I can do. Not my great plans, but him chasing me, having a plan for me, having a plan for you. Because it's Christ and it's in him that you once heard the truth, heard the truth, heard it and believed it. This message of your salvation found yourself home free, signed, sealed and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signet from a king to his people from God is the first installment of what is to come. It's salvation. But it's not the end point. It's the beginning of the rest of your life. A reminder that we will get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. Not to fulfill you, not because you're the point, but because he desires all glory to come back to him through his people that he made on purpose. And this is what I think is so fascinating about us, people. We're the only thing that God ever created that has a soul that longs for something. And the thing that's been missing in a lot of our lives and the thing that we think we're replacing with joy but actually we're replacing with stuff that feels good but it's not really joy is that love relationship like a marriage with our King Jesus. And so I just want to close with this thought. And I might preach a little bit if that's good with y'all. This thought, simple. He became so I could become. He became so you could become. I wrote these down and so I just wanted to read them to you. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17 says, He became a man so I could be forgiven. 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, He became poor so that I could become rich. John 1 12 and Philippians 2 8 says, He became a servant so that I could be a son or become a son, and you could become a son and daughter. 
2 Corinthians 5.21 says he became sin so that I could become his righteousness. Meaning right standing with God. And in all of those, I need you to know who the point was. It was him chasing you. Becoming something that no God should ever have to become a man in the form of a servant. Taking on sin, death, and the grave. And I believe what's held some of you back is your circumstances, believing that if God was really who loved you, then all these things wouldn't happen. But I wrote these down too so that you could know. Joseph in Genesis, one of the greatest stories in the Bible, became a prisoner. Like it wasn't even his fault and he became a prisoner. Well, why would God let that happen so he could become a prince? Peter, one of my favorite characters in the Bible, messed up as bad as you can mess up. One of the 12 disciples, he was a denier the night before Christ died. And he became a coward so he could become a conqueror. And the guy that was preaching when the Holy Spirit fell in Pentecost. <clears throat> Paul, who was a murderer of Christians, murderer, y'all, of Christians. Some of y'all walked in and said, Pastor, if you knew what I had done, you wouldn't try to deliver this message to me, a murderer of Christians who sat there when Stephen was killed in Acts chapter 7 and gave the go-ahead, became blinded in Acts chapter 9 so that he could become from Saul to Paul and be the guy that got the gospel to us. And there are stories after stories. I, I could talk about this for the next day and a half and wouldn't get through all the great God stories. And here's what I found fascinating is there's not a single one that I could find that didn't have a crazy off-ramp somewhere along the way where people would look at them and say, well, they screwed up, so there must be no way. But I need you to know your screw-ups aren't what defines you. The one that chased you first is the one that defines you. And all of those things in your life that you wish that you weren't are part of God's plan to get you to where he's going and for his purpose and glory. But if your starting point isn't a love relationship, then you've missed the whole point of your created being and why you're here. God loves you and he's calling you not to stay where you are, but to have life in his name, everybody. And that's the shifting point in my life when I realized that I was never the point and he loves me. Like, does this mess anybody else up besides me? That God is chasing me. And in everything that he did, he thought of me on the cross, y'all. And when he rose again, and when he walked the streets, and when he's seated on the right hand of the Father today, he remembers my name and yours. This is what i got to ask you today. What would keep you from saying yes to the one that loved you so much and remembers your everything that you need? And even though sin separates me from God, he became sin so that I didn't have to. And I could have freedom in Jesus Christ by trusting him as my Savior. I just wonder today, because I believe like what happened in Elizabeth when her baby leapt, some of you feel that same thing. And you feel this churning in your stomach. I don't need to talk you into it. If I do, it's not real. But I believe for some of you, the Lord is talking you straight to your ear and straight to your heart right now. And he's saying, come on, come on home. I want you. I called you. I thought of you. 
and I've never left, let my eyes off of you. Come home. Come home. Let me, let me call you son or daughter today and give you purpose and give you life. Just know that God has pursued you your entire life. Will you bow your head and close your eyes with me with every head bowed and every eye closed? Pastor, it felt like you were talking straight to me. And today I want to make Jesus my Savior by saying I trust you. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how many services you've gone to. I don't care what your last name is or what your background is. I need you to know that God is no respecter of persons and rich and poor are equal in the sight of God. Black and white, Hispanic, every race, nationality, male, female, we are all desperately in need of the God who loves us so much through the person of Jesus Christ. And the only thing different about you and I is that I've said, yes, I will follow you, Jesus, and for the rest of my life, I will aim to return glory where it belongs. Today, I believe some of you need to have a name change from I don't know and I hope so to I know so in Jesus and I'm a son and daughter of the king. If you'd like to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ right where you are, I just want you to throw your hand up say, Pastor, you're talking straight to me and I want to do that. Nobody looking around. Throw your hand up. I see one. Who else? Come on. Throw your hand up in the air if that's you right now and say, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. I want to do that right now. I want to trust Jesus as my Savior. Thank you so much. Let me just talk to you for a couple seconds. If that was you, I'd love for you to fill the card out that one of our guests just or volunteers just gave you and return it to our Next Steps desk. We want to help you take your first steps in following Jesus, and we celebrate as a family together. I feel like there's a lot of people in here that feel the same way. But maybe you had an experience like I did with Dwight Howard where one time you did say yes, but it feels like you left that one time a long time ago. I need you to know that God didn't have an encounter with you so you could talk about it one day and say that was really cool, but so you could live it out every day because you've become the bride of Christ and he's my bridegroom. Some of you need to return to Jesus today. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm just going to ask you to just say, man, that's me. I feel like you're talking to me, and I'm saved, but I'm struggling, man. Just pray for me. Just throw your hand up and put it right back down if that's you. I see you all over the room. I see you. In just a second, we're going to dismiss Tiana. She's going to get baptized today, and we're going to have a celebration and go crazy. But I need y'all to know this. I feel like some people in here have never taken their next step and actually been baptized, but you've been saved. We got clothes for you. So listen, just do this. If you want to do the first commandment that God called us to do, and you want to show the world that you're a daughter or son of the king, and that you are so thankful that he chased you first, and you want to make it known to the world Y'all just go to the back at that prayer wall right there and just say, I'm ready to get baptized. I promise we got clothes for you, and we'll make it happen right now. Let's pray together, God. We get to sing one of my favorite songs right now, This We Know. I think the reason I love it so much, Lord, is because it's become like an anthem in my life because I can shout to the rooftops who you are and how you chased me and how you love me and that my success on this planet has nothing to do with what people say about me or what the world thinks is success through a large this or a good that. My success on this planet is just being faithful with what you've given me and being a loving husband, father, and a person that's faithful in all that I do to return glory to you. 
God, it's so much simpler than we make it. But with this world coming against us in so many ways, it just seems hard. It's hard to have joy when circumstances are crumbling around us. But my joy doesn't come from my circumstances. My hope is in you, Lord. And so today, I just lift up my voice. I'm going to shout to the rooftops how good you are, Lord. And that this we know. That we will see your promises and your faithfulness and the enemy will be overcome. And greater is you that is in us than he that is in the world. And we love you, Jesus. And we're here to declare in Jesus' name that joy, your joy is in us and that our joy is complete. I love you, Jesus. And I celebrate the one person that trusted you today. Come on, somebody. And now we lift up your name in a shout of praise in this place. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen and amen. Y'all sing with us.